our passion didn't start with a mouth. It started with people, with the well-being of the profession. And if you're like me, maybe a little bit of your nerdiness and all things tech too. We all want to love what we do, but the truth is burnout, people problems, and glass ceilings can keep us from doing what we set out to do. So let's get back to the heart of connection. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. This show is about passing you the knowledge, the habits, the systems, and the strategies to lead your teams, lean on your tech, and listen to your gut while you take care of people and truly the overall health of our communities. Let's stop using the wrong end of the toothbrush, y'all. My name is Dr. Kelly Tanner. Oh, and uniquely, I'm a dental hygienist too. You can consider me a guru in the dental and leadership industry. With over three decades of experience, my goal is to take you to the next level by empowering growth, perspective, and confidence. By identifying the gaps, recognizing the plaque, and extracting the truth with the other experts in the field. I'll share their stories, empower you to own yours, and elevate your passion in the process. So have a seat in the chair, put on your bib, and let's get to work. Welcome to the Dental Handoff. I'm Dr. Kelly Tanner, RDH. I'm at SmallCon ADA. Excited to be here. All the energy, you can see all the floor behind us. Everybody's walking around this exhibit hall. And today, my guest, I met last night, but listen, she's got a lot to tell about her story. And she intrigued me last night with some information that she was telling me just about your trunk. So <laughs> she's, got, she's got so much to tell us. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm excited to be here. I'm very excited. So yeah, tell us about your history, about why dental hygiene. Tell us about your story and how you got to where you are today. So I was actually very fortunate. I've been in the profession for 36 plus years in the operatory the whole time. Uh, my senior year of high school, we had a program that allowed us to go and explore different career opportunities. I knew I wanted to go into the health field. So I worked in a dental office. I worked in a hospital. I worked at a PT center and I worked in a nursing facility. And I, we had to go and explore what you know, education you had to have. And so I decided on dental hygiene. And here I am 36 plus years later, uh, still doing what I do. However, I have transitioned a little bit from what we think as a traditional hygienist, right? Yeah, working in a general practice or in a perio setting or those types of things. I've now transitioned into a holistic biologic uh, scenario. And what I've learned in the year of being there is that there has to be a balance between traditional dentistry and biologic or holistic dentistry. Uh, the people that come into our office in a holistic biologic office, a lot of them are really sick. You know, they have a lot of different things happening, things that you don't see necessarily in a traditional setting. So it makes you think differently. Uh, and one of the things that I think in hygiene that we've sort of lost along the way is our ability to critically think because we get so caught up in our day, right? Um, I have five patients before lunch. I have, you know, everything that I need to do. And we just go through the motion. We just do, 
your medical history, your cancer exam, your probing, your evaluation of all of it. But we just go through our routine that we don't stop and smell the roses and say, what's really going on for this patient? So um, my peers who got me into this whole podcast thing last night, um, they, they have really encouraged me because one of my passions is the medical history. Um, I think we don't really do a great job with medical history, right? We we have that question, any changes in your medical history today? Right. Oh, no. And then we just dive into what we're doing. Yeah. And then we dive in and there's so much going on in their mouths that there has to be something in their medical history that's going on. Right. So... As I have been working through the certification to become a holistic hygienist, one of the things that you have to do is, you know, present a paper or a PowerPoint or something on what holistic hygiene would look like. And I could have done something, you know, but I was like, you know, the tongue thing really intrigued me. And so it was like, all right, I need to delve in, learn a little bit more. That is one thing. You got to always be a learner. Um, In order to be where I'm at in my profession, you know, at 36 years, I have learned and learned and learned and learned. Otherwise, I would have just been a tooth cleaner. Yeah. And so anyway, what I was sharing with Kelly last night is that the tongue um, can tell us a lot of things beyond, you know, how they're sleeping. You know, do they have a scallop tongue? Do they have a pale tongue? Do they have cracked tongue? Do they have, you know, discoloration on their tongue? What's actually going on? So in, in bringing some of the critical thinking back to it, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to delve into Chinese medicine and tongue diagnosis. And I'm still in the learning process, still trying to figure out all of what it means. But when you look at your tongue, you know, we know when we go to put our information about oral cancer, right? Or that we did our exam on the tongue, we say, no findings or whatever, right? But what I'm learning is that the tongue is connected to many of the organs in that holistic Chinese medicine world. So I was sharing with Kelly last night that the tip of your tongue is an indication that your heart has something going on or, you know, is there a change in the tip of the tongue? I had a patient just the other day that he has a little spot on his tongue. It's been there forever and ever. He came in and he had had a failed um, oblation surgery. And so they were trying to figure out what they were going to do for him. And I said, you know, it'll be really interesting to see if once they figure out what's happening with your heart, if that doesn't disappear on the, on the tip of his tongue. What did his tongue look like? uh, It had like a two millimeter lesion and it was just a hard, almost looked like a traumatic bite um, type of thing, but it had been biopsied. It was nothing, you know, those types of things. And he was like, yeah, it's just been there forever. Um, But it had, it was pale in color, um, which means that blood flow isn't as adequate. And so according to the Chinese medicine and stuff, and then just behind the tip of the tongue is the health of the lungs. 
Um, uh, the sides of the tongue are associated with the liver and the gallbladder. As you progress to the back of the tongue or the middle portion of the tongue, it's associated with your spleen and your stomach. And then as you get to the very distal portion of the tongue, it's connected to your intestines and your kidneys. So when we look at gut health, how healthy is the back of their tongue? What is that showing us? Some of the research that I've done, you know, when we look at a coated tongue, um, sometimes that can be an indication that a patient is starting down the diabetic path. Wow. And so, like I said, when we get to that critical thinking part of it, are we doing that still? And I don't know that we are. So, and I, I totally agree with you in terms of, well, with all that you're saying and that medical history piece constantly, because we have to put those pieces together and what it is that we're seeing, what, what else is going on? We have to, we have to create that link because we know about it, but are we putting those pieces of information together to truly tailor and individualize what it is that we're doing for our patients? Because it's, it's customized personal medicine is what we're doing. And as you were talking too, I was thinking about burning tongue syndrome, right. about how we don't know what burning, what the cause is. You know, I was just teaching this the other day to my first year students, just what, you know, what the, the different portions of the tongue and what it could mean. And we went to the part of the lecture where we really dove in because it was just about, here's all the, where the papilla are called. And yeah. this is where it's all located on the ventral the dorsal side but they started asking more questions of what does that truly mean? So this would be amazing in the dental hygiene curriculum to even to be added to that. So what do you think burning tongue syndrome is about based on what you know, or is there much information on that? Yeah. Some of the stuff that I have kind of delved and read about it is that it may be associated with underlying autoimmune stuff. And when you have, when you have one autoimmune disorder or something that's going on, you're, you're, you're more likely to have multiple and stuff. And I think that our patients are exposed to so many different toxins, so many different things that really delving in and understanding what the patients are using in their mouth. What is their diet like? Again, back to that critical thinking. How do we coach our patients to really trigger? So my daughter has had um, thyroid and gut issues and those types of things. And one of the things that they said was eliminate, right? Do the 21-day elimination diet to figure out what it is that triggers your symptoms. So really helping to coach our patients to try and almost problem solve themselves. What is it that stimulates it? What causes it? Is it something that's happening all the time for them? Or is it just intermittent? What is it that they're doing in their daily routine that spawns that, you know, situation for them? Yeah. And they even think about geographic tongue, because we were talking about that in class the other day, too. And I, I was saying... One student's like, yeah, I have a have an area that's healing from geographic tongue because they presented their information on lesions, different lesions. And one of that was, you know, it's, it's a benign condition. But what does geographic tongue say about you? I used to get geographic tongue. It used to happen all the time, but then it went away. So it's like, why did it go away? 
you know, I was just curious. So I was thinking about all these things last night as we were talking. So do we know what triggers geographic tongue other than stress and possibly vitamin disorder, uh, vitamin deficiencies? Deficiencies. We don't at this point, uh, at least there's not enough that has really, because it is benign. So we, we kind of, you know, put it aside, right? Oh, it's just benign. Um, does, does, you know, citrus bother it? Does this bother it? Does that bother it? Those types of things, then avoid those kind of things. But we don't really, we haven't delved into it because there's not, there's not a risk factor to it per se. Well, that's like saying your teeth are cold sensitive. Stop eating stuff that's cold, right? It's benign, but but there's, what's the, what's causing it? I mean, it would be just like us doing that. Right. Or um, your numbers are a little bit high on your cholesterol. Eh, it's it's a little bit high, but is it high for you? Is it high based on the standards of, of everything? What does that mean for you as an individual? So how does a person start learning about this? Like what was your path and in, in learning and becoming certified? So really it was, you know, there's a whole different thought process when you start looking into holistic biologics um, because we take out some of the traditional things that we think have helped our patients, right? You know, most holistic patients won't do anything with fluoride in it. And so you have to think, all right, what am I going to offer to them to help them reduce their decay rate and their risk factors. What is what else is happening for them? It's just like, you know, when we look at somebody that is a mouth breather, they're more at risk for plaque buildup and tartar buildup and those types of things. So what is it that is really happening? Now you ask the question of what's the path of that? There's a couple of organizations that are out there. There's the International Association of Biologic um, Dentistry or, you know, and so that's where my certification is actually coming from. Then there's also the IAOMT organization. And I would just start by getting on and listening because you do have to change your thought process. Um, like I said, being a hygienist of 36 years, you, you get stuck in what we just have been doing. Right. And when you're a life learner, there's, there's so much opportunity to learn. So that was my path, you know, starting to associate myself with people that were in that realm, starting to ask questions, starting to delve deeper, taking courses at events like this, at SmileCon, right? Um, At Under One Roof. Um, We're starting to see that evolution of holistic dentistry. And we're seeing that because of functional medicine. And, you know, there's more conversations. People, especially after COVID, were like, I want to take control of my health. So, yeah. yeah. it's And then thinking about, too, for, it's, it's a challenge for us anyway with that integration into medicine right now as hygienists because a lot of, like just nurses and nursing homes, for instance, will just, you know, that's a, that's a very common one that we talk about. Nurses don't have time and maybe they don't know the indications for referral when a patient has issues or, and is oral health care a part of that daily routine for their patients and how are they helping them 
meet their oral health uh, objectives. Uh, yes. And so taking that and, and just marrying it and kind of weaving it all through what it is that what a physician can look for when they would refer to us or another integrative um, type of dentist, holistic dentist, because I think that that's an underserved opportunity. Well, and I think that because integrative medicine is starting to be more of a conversation, the opportunity for us to have those conversations with our patients has been opened, right? Um, people, people, as they, they watched how on TV they were being inundated over the COVID risk factors, right? They started to list, oh, if you have diabetes, if you have high blood pressure, if you have this, da, 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 you know, the list came down the line and people were like, well, am I at risk? Am I, do I have active disease? Um, one of the things that we have actually have seen in our practice a little bit, and I don't know if other hygienists have as well, but we've seen an increase of inflammation and, you know, disease processes. And it, was it because they were out of their routines, right? Yeah. People are working from home, so they don't get up, they don't brush their teeth, they don't, you know, nutritionally, they're not as active, they're maybe stacking more than they would have if they were in the office. But that is one thing that we have observed is that there's a little bit more inflammatory issues going on for patients. So certainly as a holistic practice, we're asking more questions you know, what's happening, what's changing, what, what are we doing outside of the office? So, um, I, I, that would, when you said that I was thinking about, I was just thinking about my own personal routines during COVID, you know, at home doing that because I was on a lot of zoom calls and, you know, we were masked up and we, our routines were completely thrown off. And I mean, even when I had my first child, I was thinking it would be three o'clock and I'm like, I haven't brushed my teeth today. I mean, and I mean, just something like that. It was just, it would seem so natural because of course I, you know, I, of course I normally would, but anything that disrupts your schedule, what does that look like? So when the patients, when the patient is talking to you about that, are you asking those other questions and critically thinking about other things that should follow that you should ask? Right. Uh, again, you know, like when we, when we said at the beginning, when I said, you know, we asked that 10 second question, you know, any changes in your medical history, um, we have to understand more of what's going on and what they're doing in their daily care. Um, and if we don't, you know, I appreciate that your, your focus is on, you know, asking the questions, communicating. And sometimes as hygienists, we get stuck in the, we've gotten used to the, or we know the patient well. So, so we do that. Oh, are you brushing? Are you flossing? Are you, you know, using your water pick? Um, and then we go, how was your weekend? What are your plans for the weekend? Instead of staying in our role of being their health care provider. Um, that is so true because we get so comfortable with our patients and then we notice that something's not resolving, that it's, it's not healing how it should. Or perhaps we missed it last time because that, that happens too. I mean, we, we have days where 
um, the patient's like, You've ne- nobody's ever told me this before. Wasn't, was this here last time? And so it's an opportunity for us to say, you know what? I've taken some courses and I've, I've learned more because this is what's important for me and my patients. And here's what we know now. I love that. I love that. Well, and my good friend, Susan Cotton, um, one of her coined things is, if it's not right, it's wrong. And if it's not right, we should be having those conversations with our patients um, because we know more. And if you're going and you're getting your education and you're doing the things that help you to grow as a clinician, what we know now is I need to be looking at this differently. I need to be having a conversation with you more about this. Um, Share with them that you are continuing to learn and grow because number one, they appreciate that. And secondly, they will come back asking you, what did you learn since I've seen you last? Oh, I love that. Yeah. Right? Um, especially if you're sharing that knowledge on a continuous basis with them. Uh, I moved to Colorado Springs a year ago, and I had been in the same practice for 17 years. And I have now had patients that have contacted me, found me, you know, saying, I miss your knowledge. And so... We have so much to give to our patients if we stay focused on what it is that we are giving our patients. A hundred percent. And I'm just sitting here thinking too that as that lifelong learner, they and that patients also know when you share that with them is that you are investing in their health in between visits is that you are that person who they can go to and ask questions. So the way that you are developing the role of the dental hygienist is critical to our profession because, because then they acknowledge the, the impact that their dental hygienist has on their overall health. So it's all the pieces of information that we all are bringing to the table, but are you intentionally developing that? Is this something that you, you know, you're going to CE and you're checking the box because it's something you've got to do? Or is this something that, and, and you know, this is, the, this is the oath that we take as dental hygienists is to continually learn because patients, again, look to us for that information. And if we're not doing it, who's doing it? We see them every six months or even more frequently. So, you know, we have that sense of responsibility. Absolutely. And... It makes you a better teammate Um, because if you're not learning, then your team's not learning. Um, Like my team's not here, but there are things that I will take back to them, right? Um, And we have to have those conversations to keep the whole office growing, right? And... If you aren't growing, you're dying. Isn't that the saying, yeah, right? Yeah. Right? If, if you're not being watered, you're, you're, you're going to die. Yeah. The vine's going to die. And I look at that constant learning as I am still growing. And I appreciate that about our profession, that we are expected to continue to grow and learn, but that I want to continue to grow and learn. Um, do you find that it makes you show up even more passionate about what it is that you do every day? Do you think that keeps you going in some way that like 
thwarts off any burnout or anything. Do you think that helps? Absolutely. It helps you to stay, um, to stay away from those, you know, I, I don't like my profession anymore kind of thing. Those conversations that you hear, right? Um, from It keeps you in a wellness environment mentally. Yes. Right? And not only that, but I'm here because of the networking stuff that went on last night, right? I'm here with Kelly sharing with all of you kind of my journey purely because I was with peers that were like, you need to do this. People share your knowledge. And we have to do that. Even though it's uncomfortable, share our knowledge, what we know, connect with each other. So I can say, if I want to know more, how do I, you know, how do I reach out to you? So that's why I encourage her to come on today to tell you guys about it. Because my mind was blown last night. It was really funny at this reception. People were sticking out their tongues. I'm like, what are you guys doing exactly? And she's evaluating tongue health. And, you know, overall, she had like a screening booth almost set up at our reception. Not really. But I mean, you have to, we have to share what it is that we know, because that's the only way that we grow. We do it with our children. We do it with our family. Let's do it together as a profession so we can all grow together. Yeah. Well, if we don't, then we're going to stay stuck. We are going to stay stuck in our profession. And that's, that's no place to be because we have so much to offer and contribute to the dental team. We are those primary health care providers. We're frontline responders on everything. And we, we have the ability to think critically to say, this doesn't look right. And make that referral, bring it up to doctor, suggest that doctor, perhaps we need to think about referring this out. And also, of course, document it and the change and to acknowledge that and educate the patient on, hey, if you see this change, just like if you had a a freckle on your hand or something, if you see this change, you need to contact us right away. Or here is the name of a doctor that you, um, that you go and you, that you see. So it's, um, it's, it's such a part of what we do is to share, not just learn, but then, then to share what it is that we know with our patients. So um, I just appreciate you so much and what you've contributed just to my life just last night. I mean, it, it's just so funny because we're just sitting around and we just think that we get so used to doing, I think, what we do. And we just think it's no big deal what we do because it's just what we do. But other people need to be lifted up with your information that you have. So thank you for stepping outside of your comfort zone because this is a leadership opportunity for her and for all of us to learn from that because this isn't something that she necessarily was thinking about she was going to do this morning. (laughs) No, it absolutely was not what I was thinking to do or thinking like I was going to do. Like I said, you know, I have a group of friends that have been trying to push me outside my comfort zone for a while. And I keep saying, no, I need to learn more. No, no, no. I, I don't have enough knowledge yet. You know, and they're like, but you do have enough knowledge. And so um, it's time. It's time to share that knowledge. Yeah. And to touch on that, that's how that's we have a tendency to do that. I think as humans and then also with dental hygienists, we get kind of in this in this frame of thought of I don't I don't know if I'm ready yet. I don't know if I know enough yet to be the expert in that. And you do, even with where you are. I mean, if you think about how much things have changed since dental hygiene school, I mean, information's changing right now as we sit here. And we need to go learn about it probably again next week because they're developing new techniques. They're they're discovering new things. I mean, think about the 
pathogens that they know, know now know about that are linked to other things and what's what's there to come. So we got to build on it. We got to be those critical thinkers and learners for our profession on behalf of our profession in order to grow in that way. Absolutely. Um, it is evolving faster and faster and faster. Yes. And, you know, with, with the introduction of artificial intelligence and, you know, the evaluation of, like you said, the pathogens and those knowledge is power. If you have the knowledge, then you're going to be able to help those that you're serving. So keep growing. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here with me this morning and sharing the information that you know about. How do people get in touch with you? Um, I'm on Facebook, Lanny Macbeth. Uh, also, you can just email me at LannyMcbeth at gmail.com. And we'll put her contact information in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. You're welcome. And for those of you all, our followers, if you wouldn't mind going on to, you know what I'm going to say, going on to Apple and giving us a five-star rating because Apple's what matters and informs all the rest of the things. And then like us, subscribe and share us with your friends because you know, we're all doing the good things and we all need to share our growth so we can grow professionally and personally. So be well and thank you so much. Take care. Thanks.